This week's Parsha podcast will be a unique one because at the end of the podcast, I will be unveiling a brand new torch initiative, a project that's very innovative, but it also has a very cool and free giveaway. So make sure you listen all the way to the end. Parsha's Lechlecha begins a two Parsha discussion and description of Abraham, and more specifically, it highlights its zones and it focuses on Abraham's 10 tests. The mission tells us that Abraham was tested 10 times and he prevailed, he triumphed in all of them. And these tests, they form the spiritual character of Abraham, who's our progenitor, who's our patriarch, who's the founder of the movement of monotheism, who's the father of his nation, because the Midrash tells us that these tests were not just a way of inspecting Abraham's character, but it was also a way of elevating Abraham's character. In fact, the Midrash gives another name for the test, not just, uh, it's a test, not just it's an inspection of character, but it's also an opportunity for growth. So we're going to have now two parashas where we're going to focus in on Abraham's transformation from Abraham to Abraham, from someone who's not capable of bearing children to someone who has children, from someone who was a loner, a, a lone voice amidst the sea of paganism, trying to publicize the new innovative idea of monotheism, and he's transformed into the father of many nations and, of course, the father of the Jewish people. But moreover, our sages tell us that beyond being the description of Abraham's ascent to greatness, it's also going to outline these tests and the characteristics that underlie these tests. These are the fundamental character traits of our people. So the Parsha begins with describing the first of the ten tests, namely, God tells Abraham, Lech lecha, go for yourself, me'artzecha from your land, umimoladetecha, and from your birthplace, umbeisavicha, and from the house of your father, to the land that I will show you. Abraham's ascent to greatness begins with a command to leave his homeland and to go travel to the land that God will show him. And at the end of next week's Parsha, we're going to read about the final test of the ten, and that is when Abraham is instructed to sacrifice his son Isaac in the episode known as the Binding of Isaac. Now, there is an astonishing Midrash. The Midrash tells us the following observation. Rabbi Levi says, two times in the narrative of Abraham, it says the words, Lech Lecha, go for yourself. Of course, our parsha is called Lech Lecha. Because Abraham is commanded, go for yourself, leave your homeland, and go travel to parts unknown, which eventually is the land of Canaan, the land of Israel. But the Midrash points out that the last, the final of the ten tests of Abraham also begin with the preamble of Lech Lecha. The verse says, this is in chapter 22 of Genesis, the end of Nature's Parsha, God tells Abraham, take your son, your only son, the son that you love, take Isaac, and go for yourself to the land of Moriah and bring him there as a sacrifice on one of the mountains that I will show you. So the Midrash points out this very intriguing overlap between the narrative of test number one, go leave your homeland, go move to the land of Canaan, and test number 10, go sacrifice Isaac, your firstborn, your beloved son. Both of them have the term lechlecha. And then the Midrash says, I don't know which one of these two is greater? 
Is the first test greater or is the last test greater? I don't know. But ultimately, the Midrash concludes, well, there's evidence because the second test has within it the land of Moriah. Land of Moriah is a reference to the, the temple, to the holiest place in Judaism. Therefore, I know that the last test is more beloved. It's more special. It's greater than the first test. That is the Midrash in Bereshis Rabbah. Now, obviously, this is very puzzling. You know, if we were to compare any one of us, any reasonable person, we have the test of leaving your homeland and going to move, you're relocating. Maybe it's difficult. Maybe you have to acclimate to your new environment. You have to get to know your new neighbors. It's a challenge. It's difficult. But no one would suggest, no one would entertain the possibility that the first Lech Lecha, the Lech Lecha, the test of leave your homeland, is greater than the last one? You know, the answer of the Midrash makes sense. The last one, indeed, is greater. The test of going to offer your son as a sacrifice for God, listening to God, even when God tells you something which seems to be so unconscionable. Of course, it's a test only for Abraham. For us, I always advise people, if God tells you to sacrifice your son, don't listen because you're probably hearing things in your head. But for Abraham, it's a test. And... Of course, it makes sense that the second test is greater. But how can we reasonably entertain? How does the Midrash even consider the possibility that the first test is more difficult than the last one? And moreover, what exactly is the test of leaving your father's home and going to Canaan? What's so difficult about that? In fact, we we know that things weren't so rosy in his hometown. He faced a lot of opposition in his mission to try to spread monotheism, teach the world about the one God in whom all the power is coalesced. So what exactly is the test of Lecha, leave your homeland, leave your father's land, leave your birthplace and go to the land of Canaan? So there's, of course, many discussions about this, many different explanations to understand exactly what is the meaning behind the first of Abraham's 10 tests. So for example, the Ramban, he highlights the fact that God didn't tell him where to go. God said, depart, but didn't tell him where the destination was. And the whole trip, he was uncertain. Do I stop here? Do I stop there? And it's total reliance on God, almost akin to a blindfolded man getting instructions from the person accompanying him. And each place that they arrive at, is this the place? Is this not the place? And that, of course, demands reliance on God. And that's the test. Of course, that's one of the explanations. And Rashi seems to hint at that as well. I want to suggest another explanation to understand what exactly is the test of the first Lechelcha and how maybe reasonable people can ponder, can speculate that maybe it's more difficult than the last test. Abraham, in these two partios, is undergoing a metamorphosis. He's changing. And the first step of this thousand-mile journey was to leave his household. Although, of course, no one would argue that in absolute terms, what's more difficult? Leaving your household, leaving your father's homeland, leaving the place where you grew up, is that more difficult or is sacrificing your son more difficult? No one would say in absolute terms that leaving your household is more difficult. However, there is a legitimate argument that the first step of that journey is more consequential and perhaps even more difficult than the last one. Our sages tell us, kol hatchalot kashot, all beginnings are difficult. Whenever you start some big project, the beginning is difficult. Why is the beginning difficult? So I think it's because the beginning, the first step of any journey 
it contains the most fundamental transition, the most fundamental switch. When someone alters their trajectory, when someone changes course, when someone says the previous version of me was X, I did this thing, I accepted this practice, I acted in this way, and now this new version of me is going to change that. It's going to break the mold. That represents a psychological shift that's very difficult because after all, we all have our self-identity. We all have the way we view ourselves, and the way we view ourselves is the way we're most comfortable with. And something which is not me, something which is I'm not that kind of person, for me to do anything that is going to alter how I view myself, that first step that sets me along this path is very difficult. Abraham's told, leave, leave your land. You're no longer associated with the land that you grew up. Leave your birthplace. Leave your father's home. You must abandon your previous identity and adopt a new one. You have to abandon what defies you. You're going to eschew your identity. Distance yourself from your family, from your homeland. You have to deconstruct yourself and recreate yourself anew. And Rashi even tells us that Abram is being hinted at that he's going to get a new name, a brand new identity. You're no longer American. Abandon your land. Abandon your homeland. This is not the childhood that molded you. Abandon your father's household. You're no longer part of this family. Everything that is part of your identity of how you view yourself is going to be altered. That's very difficult. And the first step in that new direction, the new direction of saying you are a new person and you're behaving differently and your identity is entirely different, that is indeed the hardest. And because it's the most consequential... It's the one that's most stridently opposed by the forces like the eights around the Satan, the forces that are engineered to prevent us from changing. With this test, when Abraham's saying, I'm going to abandon who I was previously, adopt a new identity, Abraham is setting into motion all the events that are going to ensue. The Midrash points out something very fascinating. The Lech Lecha journey that started in the beginning of this week's parsha ended in the 10th test. There's a long, continuous continuum between Lech Lecha A and Lech Lecha B. At age 75, Abraham's told Lech Lecha, leave, leave your household. At age 137, 62 years later, he again is told Lech Lecha. And I think what the Midrash is revealing is that this was not an isolated activities. This was a 62-year journey from the first Lech Lecha to the last. As an aside, maybe we could speculate, you know, God didn't tell Abraham where the ultimate destination was. And like we said, the Ramban said that's part of the test. But maybe we could speculate, according to this Midrash, that really the ultimate destination was not Canaan. It wasn't just the travel, go Lech Lecha and go leave your household and relocate. No, it was change who you are. It began Lech Lecha A. But the ultimate conclusion was not when they arrived and settled in Canaan. It was at Mount Moriah when Abraham was told to offer Isaac as a sacrifice. Why is it so important that Abraham passes this test? What is the rationale to even speculate that it was more valuable than the final test? The beginning is always the hardest. It was the first test. It was very hard, even in comparison Everyone would agree that sacrificing Isaac, it's, compared to that, it's very trivial. But because of the first step, it culminated 
in the final step. Once you make that small step, once you start heading in this new direction, you're at the new beginning and everything else that can come out can only be born out of that first decision that you want to make a small change in your life. In fact, we just went through the high holiday season. And of course, the mitzvah that's associated with Yom Kippur is about repentance. This is the idea of repentance. You know, someone who has a million sins, you can't fix all that in one day in Yom Kippur. No one expects that. That's not reasonable. But our sages tell us that what's what's really happening on Yom Kippur is you are changing the trajectory, you're altering course, you're embarking on this journey. The journey could take a whole lifetime. It could be a 62-year journey. But that first step already includes within it everything that's going to ensue. Yes, you make one step in this direction, but extrapolated over a lifetime, you're going to change everything? So on Yom Kippur, when you would take that first step, when you made that first gesture towards back, back towards God, back towards repentance, it's already considered as if the entire journey has been made. All those steps are already counted by God, and that's the miracle, that's the magic of repentance. When someone does that first step, it may be small in respect to all the final steps that are going to happen, but once he is departing from his previous self, adopting a new self, even if it's only a small gesture, the tiniest gesture, he's setting himself on the right trajectory towards becoming great. And this brings us to the initiative that I mentioned at the top of the podcast, and that is the Torch Shabbat Light Switch Cover. And I think the way I would present this to the audience is that, you know, I I grew up observant, meaning that I always had a kosher home. I was taught Hebrew from a very young age. I was enveloped by Judaism, by Torah from the beginning of my life. I was taught how to read Hebrew. I was taught Torah. I was went to yeshiva. And of course, one of the centerpieces of this lifestyle is the Shabbat, is the Saturday, the experience that we have from Friday Eve when you light the candles to be in the Shabbat until Saturday night when after, after nightfall, we have the ceremony of the Havdalah, which those are the demarcations of the beginning and the end of the Shabbat. And that time in the, in the middle, the, 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 the period from when Shabbat begins and Shabbat ends, it's a totally different mode of, of life. As someone who's, again, always, my whole life, I'm fortunate to have always been Shabbat observant, for the duration of Shabbat, your whole life is different. There's all these things that you do specifically and all those things that you don't do specifically. Of course, it's a big subject as to why we do it. We do it to recognize God's dominion and sovereignty of all, to recognize that God created the entire world. But on a practical level, your whole life is different. So we don't, we didn't, we don't have a television in our home. And I didn't grow up with one, but if we did, we'd turn off the television. Today, everyone's got a cell phone. And before Shabbat starts, you turn off your cell phone. And then after Shabbat is over, you turn it on to find out if you missed anything. And as an aside, it's almost, you know, when you turn off, turn on the, the phone after Shabbat, you're like, oh, what did I miss? Is, is the world still standing? And, and it's remarkably, it is, I've never had it, the experience where you open up the phone and something really wild or dramatic or sensational happened. With the exception, I remember this in 2003, I believe it was 2003, the space shuttle Columbia, I believe it was, it blew up on Shabbat. And I remember like listening to the radio after Shabbos, 
And I was like, what? I missed that whole story. And as a kid, of course, you could always, you know, during the World Series, I was like, oh, who won the game? You have to go ask the the mail carrier or somebody, find someone to give you that information because the radio's off, TV's off, phone's off, etc. Now, for the Shabbat observant community, there's an entire industry that sprouted up to make Shabbat observance more pleasant. So, for example, I have in my in my home something called a Shabbat lamp. What is a Shabbat lamp? A Shabbat lamp is a lamp. It's a it's it's a uh, device essentially that has a switch in it. There's a light bulb, so it turns on the light. But on top of it, on top of the entire apparatus, is a swiveling piece of plastic that, if you turn it one way, it covers up that the light bulb, so there's no light, so it's dark. And if you just spin the plastic in the other direction, it exposes the light and thus it illuminates the room. And that's a workaround to the problem. You know, if I want to read in bed, I cannot have a light that I'm switching on and switching off because I'm Shabbat observant. And that's one thing that one of the things that we don't do in Shabbat. And therefore, what they invented is this ingenious system, the Shabbat lamp, the Shabbos lamp, where all you got to do is turn the plastic, which is not a violation. I'm not turning on or turning off the electricity. I just turn the plastic and then voila, we have light, turn it off and it's the equivalent of it being dark. But there's the, you know, the Shabbos clock, which allows you to control electronics without actually controlling them. Uh, there's even a Shabbos toothbrush. There's hot plates and crockpots. All these things are lifesavers for Shabbat observant families. And that brings us to the Shabbos light switch cover. What is a Shabbos light switch cover? So we know, thankfully, we live in a time of plenty, a time of abundance. And I guess unless you live in California and there is a fire, electricity is plenty. So you have in every room, in every closet, there's a light switch. All you got to do is flip the light switch. And essentially for free, you have light, you have illumination in the room. Problem is that, you know, sometimes when you, you're trained, you walk in the room, you turn on the light, you just flick your hand where the light switch belongs and you turn it on accidentally. And we know on Shabbos, sometimes you're programmed, you're on autopilot and you have these errant, these accidental flicks of the switch. And without thinking, you're going to turn on the light that was supposed to be off. You're going to turn off the light that was supposed to be on. And it's happened many times, I think to every Shabbat observant person, it's happened at one point, where by mistake you turn on a light and now it's got to be on the whole Shabbos and you got to sleep in a different room. I remember one week, uh, a couple of years ago, one of my small children turned on the light in the bedroom. So there was only one room in the house that was dark and the whole family, we, we slept, we grabbed our mattresses and we brought it into, it was my office and like it was like a huge slumber party. Because everyone's sleeping in this room, the one room that one room that is dark, because someone by mistake turned on the light. So what this guy invented is this piece of plastic that magnetically clicks on the top and the bottom of the light switch panel. Because the modern light switches, they have a little plate that has two screws that fasten it to the wall. So this guy invented a cover that has two small magnets that are perfectly that are perfectly aligned with those screws, so it clicks on, and this plastic plate, this light switch cover, covers it, and it prevents any errant, any accidental flicking. Now, I want to point out, there's two kinds of light switches. There's the ones that are like this flat panel that you push up and down, the more modern ones, and then there's like the old, the old school ones, the one those, the ones that toggle, the ones that 
we're talking about today are the, only the modern ones, the ones that are like a flat panel. But the idea is, is that someone who's Shabbos observant, they don't want to have any mistake in this accidental triggers of the light. So you put it on, set it before Shabbos, you want the light on, keep it on. And then all you do is you, you just click on the magnetic little piece of plastic that goes on top of the light switch and it stays in whatever mode it is for the duration of Shabbos. So at Torch, we have the following idea. Our constituency, shall we say, the people that participate in our programs, the people that listen to our podcasts, our friends, our supporters, our, the people that we're involved with, really they, they come from a very wide spectrum of, of the Jewish, the diverse Jewish world. You have people like me who are totally Shabbat observant. And you have other people that are maybe partially Shabbat observant. They like candles. They have, they, they, they make, they make the kiddish. They eat the challah, but, uh, they drive to shul. Some people are totally intrigued by Shabbat. They're curious, maybe, but they've never really been observant at all. Some are partially observant. Some are totally ignorant. Really, we have the very wide, diverse spectrum of people that are participating, that are enjoying our programming. And we thought, is there something that we could do that really would benefit everyone? You could have someone who wants to prevent an accidental discharge of the switch, and someone like that will benefit from this light switch cover. In fact, my my older brother, he he has a shul, he's a rabbi in New Jersey. He told me that in his shul, there was a light switch that was turned on, on Yom Kippur on this year, and by mistake, someone was walking down the steps and accidentally turned off the light. So for the Holy Yom Kippur, they didn't have light in the shul, or maybe only one light was on. I don't know exactly the details. But there was insufficient light because someone accidentally turned off the light that was supposed to be on. So someone like that would benefit from having this light switch cover to make sure that the lights that they want to stay on will stay on. And then we thought, what about someone who really wants to dip their toe into Shabbat observance, but when they read about it, it's it's 39 categories of work, there's myriads of rabbinic laws, there's all kinds of applications, and yes, they want to get involved, and yes, they're intrigued by the idea of having a sabbatical, of spending time with the family, of, of spending time with God, of having a Shabbat dinner, and, and really kind of unplugging, disconnecting from the world a little bit, and living on this higher transcendental level, but they're overwhelmed. Maybe it's too many laws. Maybe it's it's too complicated for them. They want to do a small gesture. They want to do something. They want to take a small step towards a more robust and meaningful Shabbat. And like we talked about with Abraham, the small step, the first step, it's very important. Even in the grander stream of, stream of things, it's, it's small compared to the really, really big things. But the first step is never small and the first step is never insignificant. So that was our idea. So we found the producer of this product. We went to the guy in China and we said to him, okay, prepare for the biggest order you've ever had. We told him we want 10,000 of these Shabbat light switch covers. And because we made such a big order, he was willing to let us put our own logo in it. So it's emblazoned with the torch logo. And just last week, last Thursday, so a week ago, we got a whole pallet full of boxes that contain more boxes 
that contained these light switch covers. And we decided to open it to the world for people that want to avoid accidentally transgressing the Shabbat. We have them for you. For people that want to have a small token, maybe dedicate one light that they're going to say, this is going to be my Shabbat light. This will be my first step into this world of Shabbat observance. Then they have the opportunity to do this, to have this remembrance, to have this sense of gratitude that comes with a Shabbat experience. I actually had a student of mine who told me, says, yes, this would be such a great idea. And even if you really need to trigger that light, let's say you assign, this is going to be my Shabbat, this this kitchen light or this dining room light or this light in the office, whatever it is, I'm going to dedicate this to Shabbat. And you know what? If you need to trigger it so bad, said one of my students, you could still remove it. It's just a small piece of plastic that magnetically is fastened to the to the light switch, but it's still movable and we're opening it to the world. And as an aside, it took us a while to actually design the package. We fully designed the package ourselves. And in fact, you know, in the news, there's a lot of discussion about the trade war with China. I was thinking that most people don't know anyone that actually paid the tariffs, but your good friends at Torch, we actually paid the tariffs because we imported this from China. And uh, last week for Shabbat, I told my kids to say, I want you to count every single light switch in our house, every single one of them, every room, every light, every bathroom, every closet, every one of them, because we're going to have on each and every one of them, we're going to put a light switch cover. And it's tons of fun because we had like 40 of them. And it's a very satisfying click when it clicks, when it adheres when it fastens to the wall. And I thought it was also a very valuable exercise for the kids, you know, to know that we're getting ready for Shabbos and to kind of put ourselves into that mode. And we really want to share this with our friends, with our listeners, with our supporters, with the people that participate in what we do. There is a web page that's getting ready on, on our website, torchweb.org forward slash Shabbat. I don't believe it's up yet. But I was too excited about this project to keep it harbored within me any longer. So if the web page is not up yet, torchweb.org forward slash Shabbat, if it's not ready, you could send me an email. My email address is rabbiwalby.gmail.com with some of your name, your mailing address, how many of these light switch covers you want. I predicted that we're going to give these things out like hotcakes because people would be very intrigued and inspired by this. We're not charging anything. It's for free. If you want to make a donation, obviously, we do appreciate that to help us in this project. Send us your name, your mailing address, how many of them you want, and we will ship it to you for free. Again, there's a website. Uh, our website, torchweb.org, is going to have a link to it. I don't believe it's up yet as of this recording on the 7th of November, 2019. But until it is up, you could always email me, rabbiwobajima.com. And remember the lesson of Abraham. The first lachlcha. There is an argument to be made that it's even greater than the last lechelcha because the first step, even if it's comparatively minor and trivial, is always very difficult, but it's always very consequential. And I think it's that's the idea of this Shabbat light switch cover project that everyone has a portion of Shabbat Shabbats for the Jewish people. Some people, of course, are very observant, and this is for them as well. Some people are not observant at all, and this is for them as well. And everyone that spans that spectrum, the diverse Jewish world in which we live, has the opportunity now reach out to us 
to get your free torch light switch cover. We're calling it also the mitzvah magnet because that magnetic click is very satisfying. Reach out to me, rabbiwalbajima.com. Have a great Shabbos and look forward to speaking to you next week.